Hello and welcome to a long-delayed episode of the podcast from The Practical Medium, and I am Michelle, your really slack tart, can't get anything done, Practical Medium. Uh, seriously, I've just been really busy with my own personal life, and I haven't had an opportunity to do much of anything. In fact, the podcast that you are about to listen to has been sitting here for a week waiting for me to get to it. So on that note, just to let you know that I have not edited the audio of the following, and I know I'm teasing, uh, I have not edited the fo anything because the flow was such and the audio was so tight when I was looking at the waveforms, I just decided to let it go because to, to edit anything out would to be destroying uh, the context or the just how it went. So what is tonight's ho podcast about? Halloween. I've been podcasting long enough to do a second Halloween podcast. Oh my god, how the hell did I do that? I don't know. So, without much more ado, the conversation was between Linda and I. I had the thought, well, she has a diametric view, a diametrically opposed view, I guess you would say, of Halloween as compared to us because Australia is in the Southern Hemisphere. Their fall is our summer, our spring, and vice versa. So they don't have the same kind of impetus to do Halloween. And I'm like, well, let's get into that. And let's get her opinion about the, you know, how Hollywood has made it so that we get nice big scares on Halloween and people get afraid and think that they're going to get attached by stuff. So I wanted to get her opinion about the chances of that and give you guys some insight and go ahead and do what you're going to do and do it safely. Feel free to get scared and, you know, do get the thrill. There's nothing wrong with it. And, you know, get her, I got her insight into what she felt from her own experience with the other side. You know, on that note, without much further ado, I will let this start rolling shortly. And uh, thank you all for tuning in and listening. And I hope you find this entertaining. Oh, and just before I forget one more thing, she has a really funny story to talk about with her daughter. And you have to keep in mind when you listen to this that her daughter is a sensitive and not to the degree her mother is or even to me, but she still picks up on stuff. So when you listen to this story, you just kind of have to go, wait, what? My God, that's funny. At least I did anyway. And on that note, let's get the audio rolling. And thank you for being patient with me. And I will, I can't make promises, even though I keep trying. Try to get back on a more normal track now that some bumps in my life have smoothed out. Take care, enjoy, and until the next time, take care. And I just said that. Oh, well. Enjoy. And I am recording now. So, all right. So here we are once again with Linda from Australia. And we're going to talk about the differences between Halloween there and Halloween here. Now, I will start out by explaining that Halloween is not a th really a big thing in Australia. It never has been, which is kind of strange considering that their motherland, the UK, is big on Halloween. And so you think, well, maybe we'll be passing the torch along, but no. Um, so we're going to explore all things Halloween, culturally, what the other side thinks about it, what she, her, her perception of it is, and how it compares to ours and why some of our stuff is very U.S. centric and how we view Halloween. So without further ado, uh, and yes, the, the, we have a, a, a dog in the background who is also a guest and occasionally lets herself, makes, it, makes herself known. So 
All right, say hello, Linda. Hello. Um, so the first step, the first part we'll talk about is just the cultural part of Halloween because it's interesting that because you don't have Halloween like we do, and you don't celebrate the October 31st date like we do, that you don't, you have a completely, uh, I guess unbiased maybe, apart from what you've seen from American television of what Halloween is. So go ahead and explain what it is for you. To be perfectly honest, until very recently, it wasn't anything for me. It was something Americans did. It was something that Europeans did. It wasn't anything that Australians identified with in any real way. It was um, television and the things that we saw on sitcom television that really drove Halloween for us. Okay. Yeah. I, I did a little bit of thinking about it because I thought, why, why, given our origins of, you know, the Irish, Scottish, English, which is very similar to yours, Yeah. did Halloween not transpose to here? Why did we not get it? And I honestly think it's because of that seasonal familiarity for Halloween. Halloween is, is the time of year where things are closing down. You know, we're heading for that little death and everything's calming for the winter. So it's, it's goodbye summer, hello winter type of thing. And seasons are reversed here. And that's the only thing that I can think of that caused it to not be adopted here the way it has been in America because the season here would be April mm -hmm. not November and I guess it just didn't sort of meld with the traditions that they brought with them it yeah it didn't it didn't merge with what they felt as like the end of the harvest you know goodbye to exactly that and, yeah because it's uh, Cause that's the beginning for us yeah right because you're going into your summer Exactly. Well, as spring, summer, yeah. Spring, summer, yeah. And the planting and the, and the, the growing seasons are coming. So it's not a closeout, it's an opening. And death is definitely not an opening by any means. Definitely not, no. So it would feel kind of counterintuitive to the season. Okay, that would make, that makes a lot of sense. But um, agriculture there in um, Australia, while it's, you do have a very large agricultural um, economy it's different there than it is here because you don't have the same kind of frost freeze cycles we do that and in europe has as well to signify you know the cold time the ends of things and it's kind of like living in a tropical climate all year round like people in florida do although people in florida and arizona they do halloween it's just because it, it's done everywhere in the states whereas it just never really was probably didn't feel right but yeah that's probably something interesting to dig into deeper to find out why. Yeah, it's, I, I just think it's one of those things that just didn't carry over. And I think, I just think that may have something to do with it. Just yeah, a personal thing. It funk. makes perfect sense. But now you guys, um, I, as I put it, the U S is leaking into Australian uh, things. And I don't know, how long ago was it that you told me about your daughter trying to get you all into Halloween and you just weren't having a bar of it? That was when she was about eight. So what's that, 12, 13 years ago? Yeah. Um, and I've had a little bit of a think and done a little bit of research and it, it seems that popular opinion is that we're now 
have a generation of parents who have grown up with a lot of American sitcoms and a lot of American television. And they're now encouraging Halloween and doing the Halloween thing for their children. And, you know, in some cases, some areas are becoming quite Halloween centric and have quite a big deal going on in their local areas. Um, my daughter, for example, is going to go and do Fright Night at the Movie World on the Gold Coast this weekend, um, where they've set it all up with all of the scary critters, zombies and things that jump out at them and give them a fright. And she'll come back with some silly looking blood bag and it'll be full of lollies and cordial or whatever. But yeah, so it's becoming more of a thing, but it's more commercial. Yeah, anything I can think of. Yeah, I mean, we do celebrate, uh, like, the pagan community here definitely celebrate um, Samhain. But that is, again, in April. It's not right now in, in November or October. Now, I just remember conversations we had about it and how, um, I guess the word I would use is you know, how offended you were that Halloween was being pushed on Australians on October 31st. And... Uh, it was just like it's not an it's not an Australian thing; it's an American thing, and you're an Australian, which I understand that it makes perfect sense. Um, but was there anything else underneath that apart from just being annoyed that you were getting a tradition that wasn't Australian? No, it's very much that um, Australia has a really brilliant culture of its own. We have a language of our own and colloquialisms of our own that are absolutely brilliant, and I guess because I'm an older person now and I'm just seeing so much of it evaporate into Americanisms because America primarily is, I guess, the entertainment guru of the world. America produces more entertainment than any other nation that I can think of, Yeah, um, English-speaking nation. Um, so our, our culture, instead of embracing what we have, is embracing what they see which is American. And I just think that's sad. And yeah, it offends me on some levels. And that isn't a dislike of America or a dislike of England or anyone else for that matter. It's just that it's very human um, offence at losing something that's yours. Oh, I get that. It's not, you're not... Just for clarification, this is not xenophobia or this, it's not... Um, no, 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 it's not a resentment of... Because I think right. your culture is awesome and I love a lot of the Americanisms and I think it's great. However, for our country and our children and our culture to adopt them unilaterally and lose our own, I think is very sad. It, it's just not necessary and it just annoys me. No, that's fair enough. I just wanted to explore that for a moment, not trying to do anything other than get a different perspective on this stuff. Um, because yeah, here, good. yeah, here it's just, it's Halloween is something that we do every year and it's a big deal and people use it like your daughter's going to a haunted house kind of thing. I mean, even our, um, um, our, our amusement parks have fright. Well, before COVID hit they had the fright, they had fright nights all the way through, the month of October to have a you know scary time and scare people on the, the the rides and stuff like that. So it's just ingrained in our culture, and um, you know it, it is a fun day. It's a day supposed to be fun, but um, 
a lot of people uh, also like to use it for like telling ghost tales around the campfire or as like what your daughter's doing, going to the haunted house to get the shit scared out of them for, you know, because it's fun, um, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I haven't worked out why yet either. Me neither, but you and I have seen scary shit that, um, yeah, it, you wonder why people do it voluntarily. But anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I don't need someone playing dress up things. Yeah. And, you know, as we were talking before I started about how I was watching a streamer was trying to get into the spirit of Halloween to the scary side and asking all of these existential questions and how, you know, if, how, and like there's a, okay, here's a good example. There is a 3D game, reality game called Phasmopho Phasmophobia or Phasmophobia, I'm not sure which, where it's basically a bunch of people get together and, uh, and do a, um, a ghost hunt. You know, they go around looking for the ghost and the ghost is capable of killing them but that's part of the game mechanic and um it puts out this premise that any ghost anywhere can you know can kill somebody if they so desired and while you and i have had negative experiences and we know what can happen the actual potential for something like to happen is probably what would you give it odds rare very rare, extremely rare, or potential? What would you put that at? Oh, look, extremely rare. Yeah, so uh, somebody... All the circumstances need to be together for anything corporeal to sort of be able to make a mark, really. Yeah, and yeah, so and, and it needs to, there's just needs to be too much in place. But you do have entities that know how to get enough physical uh, um, strength uh, F, I, I wouldn't uh, force. Well, the Catholic Church thrives on it, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. Um, to, it's like I've heard of somebody having their heart crushed, not literally, but the 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 entity was crushing their heart to give them a heart attack to kill them, or they get pushed down a flight of stairs. And I mean, there's a there's a TV show that's de dedicated to that kind of stuff called The Dead Files where they go into homes and she can pick up how people died uh, under mysterious circumstances. But it's the actual chances of that happening are just infinitesimally small, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and, and the people who go out there and do voodoo and, and, and um, provoke evil spirits on Halloween or play with the Ouija are just what going to get some low-level asshole who comes along and messes with their life for a while until they get bored with it? Would that be? Would you agree with that? Uh, I don't. Honestly, I don't know. I I I'd hate to make a a claim that is completely untrue, but I would imagine that it needs some sort of sensitivity from the people doing it as well. There has to be a door open that needs to be. It's a two-way street, which is what makes Halloween what what it is i mean the veil is supposedly thinner people were supposed to be able to get in touch with their ancestors and relate more easily to the dead so i guess the potential is there but from what i know if you're talking to people they're not really the ones that you're going to get that are going to be after you to rip your face off are they <laughs> yeah well you know you you hear lots of stories about people who mess around with ouija boards and um, they, because they don't know the proper 
opening and closing closing of the boards um, when they do a session. Uh, they get some jerk who hangs around and you know and screw and messes with things in the house and freaks them out and people like oh my god I have an evil a demon attached to me because I did this or a poltergeist because you left the door open and let the neighborhood in yeah there you go that too um so you got so it's like but people tend to inflate what their experience is I think that because this is happening and they don't have a visual or any kind of physical um, connection to what's going on. They can't see it. They think that they're being haunted by something and that they shouldn't have done this. And they've been, they must around on Halloween and oh my God, I'm going to die because of this. Yeah, yeah, look, I get that. Yeah. And you know what? Agree. But I think a lot of that has got to do with, again, the entertainment industry and the popular culture thing and, and oh. the commercialization of Halloween. You do get a lot of people. I do find a lot of posts on Reddit with people who have messed around with Ouija boards. And you always get a lot, as we said, a lot of people posting, oh my God, you let demons in. And I think, again, as you said, that is the popularization and, you know, um, extremism. But you do get people with low level, you know, that the, that the, the trolls that hang around for a while to make their worst nightmares come through in their house by knocking on things and making things move or whatever. Or enhancing. But how often and have you found that that's it's not independent? It's not just that Ouija board that did that. There's a culmination of a number of things that has happened in the background that have created those circumstances. I don't know because I'm only going off of the face value of the person writing the story. I don't, you know, I'm not um, some. I don't, I'm not. I'm reading. I'm not necessarily always replying and saying, okay, well, you screwed up, and this is how you fix it. Uh, I mean, even though I've talked about how to do Ouija properly and how it's not that big of a deal to mess with these things. But yeah, I mean, people most likely, as you say, there's more to the story than meets the eye. So, I mean, often people who are playing with Ouija boards haven't just played with Ouija boards. They've had a seance or they've called in some way to something or somebody. They're, they're, they're picking up a Ouija board for a reason, not just, you know, let's see what happens. Well, I can see people, I, teenagers do that to find out what happens because they have that not, they have that lovely naivety of youth. Well, that and Bloody Mary, so yes, I guess, true. yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of Bloody Mary, what's your take on that one? Oh, I think that's hysterical. <laughs> okay, go ahead and, and dig into why. Uh, mostly because it, I found out that it absolutely horrified my daughter. I have no idea where she first heard the story. It's zero clue mm -hmm. but when she was about 11 or 12 every time she had a shower I would find the mirrors all covered up <laughs> and I thought okay what's going on here <laughs> I knocked on her bedroom door one day after a shower and she's like yeah what and her bedroom mirror was all covered up as well and oh I said God. what's going on why are you covering the mirrors? And I'm thinking, has she got some gross body distortion that she's worried about? Or, you know, the mum brain ticked in before anything else did. <laughs> and she said, oh, well, no. Anyway, it took a few weeks to get it out of her, but apparently <laughs> she'd been dead to so say bloody Mary. But she got scared and she only said it twice. But now she was scared she might say it in her sleep and bring Bloody Mary into the house. 
So I ended up having to stand in front of the mirror. She kicked me, by the way, but I stood in front of the mirror and said Bloody Mary three times just to show her nothing would happen. But we had to sage the house before she was satisfied that it was going to be safe. And that, like, that happened over a period of eight months. It took so long to get oh. her to actually let that go. <laughs> okay, now there's the flip side of this. Obviously, you know that it's not a thing, but why would you know that Bloody Mary is not a thing? What informs you? Yeah, that is hilarious, though. Uh, <laughs> especially knowing your daughter. <laughs> Look, those stories and stories like that one are just so prevalent. If it were a thing, talpas would be everywhere, wouldn't they? Very true. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just looking to see, you know, we have the obvious. We have, you know, it's like you and I are a couple of sensitives talking about this stuff. But it's not always about sensitivity that tells you what's bullshit and what's real, you know? And uh, oh, look, but, if you don't come at things with a seat of common sense, you're never going to have much of the time of it, really, are you? Very true. Um, but, um, you know, somebody might go, well, that, that's common sense, but you're a sensitive, so you're supposed to have all the answers, know, which we both know doesn't always happen that way. But, you know, it's um, just trying to go. Oh, my God, you're a parent. Aren't you supposed to have all the answers? Right, right. So it's like, yes. So, yeah, so that's just more along the lines of why I dig in a little bit to see, you know, it's like how it's how easily these things are dismissible and what you need to take seriously. And what you do on Halloween, what people do on Halloween here, like with a seance. So seances also need to be open and closed to keep shit from coming through. But what else would, you know, would you think, say, that comes happens during a seance on something like Halloween? Is that theatrical? Or is, is it something that is going to get a little more than people bargain for, basically? Are they going to bring something through that they shouldn't be messing with if they say on some Halloween? Honestly, there has to be someone with some sort of sensitivity and knowledge. Mm -hmm. I, I just think, I don't know, for things to come together correctly, there's a, that's a lot of factors to happen serendipitously. Sure. Yeah, okay, it might. I can't say it won't, but yeah, go hard, have fun, just sage the place and white light yourselves and close it down when it's done. So Learn the, at least how to do that. Right, yeah, you know, just play, just how do I put it? Put, uh, well, you know who puts it, put on the, um, the energetic condom, basically. <laughs> so, the energy. As condom. in all things, you don't want craft herpes. There you go, yeah. And, and, and other herpes from the other side, if that's a thing. Anyway, dig, dig. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get shade later. I know it. Um, so basically, um, for the people who do seances, and there's, not, uh, there's nobody in the group that is open or has nascent abilities, and those people who come away saying, oh, this is all bullshit, this is, uh, you know, this is just you know, fairy tale stories and that they don't ever have an experience. It, it's because there's nobody sensitive there to uh, stimulate something. That's basically what, um, what you're, what you're saying here. I'm, I'm summarizing. And so people who do have a spooky experience means that there's somebody who has a little more sensitivity than they know, let on or understand. And they are 
basically acting as a plug in the wall to, uh, to the other side to bring somebody through. And because they're not taking precautions, because most people don't think you need to take precautions, something comes around and makes their life miserable. So that's basically what you're saying here with a seance. If, if people are closed, nothing's going to happen. That would be my take on it. And I think there's a lot of people out there who are conduits without even knowing it. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I do agree too, because, you know, it's just like, what was it, that old Warner Brothers cartoon with Granny, and it was the haunted house one, and um, she saw the ghost, and she chuckles it off and goes, it's astigmatism, you know, that kind of thing. So people just go, just go, yeah, it's just my imagination. Yeah, that's it. That's sure. Yeah, that's it. And I think a lot of people do that, yes. Yeah. Well, you know. What of I do that? I used to do that all the damn time. Oh, uh, uh, I definitely did. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So that's see that I hadn't really dug into seances at all. So that was an interesting insight. And you know, people here like get get the booze, get the you know, get uh, how do I put it, booze muscles, and decide, oh, let's try this. It's Halloween. We gotta scare ourselves. And either nothing happens or something does happen and it's just yeah well seance has kind of popped into my head because not everyone has an ouija board but you know most yeah. people have candles oh yeah and you know you get a bunch of people together and i keep seeing college-aged individuals for some reason i don't know why when i were talking about this oh yeah because of beer bongs seriously <laughs> there we go yeah yeah the, the, they uh and sitting around a table and think you know and getting all into it and trying to scare themselves and sometimes people get more than they bargained for Yep. But, um, so since we're, so let me think, it's like, so danger, the danger level of somebody who's playing around with a, with a Ouija board or doing a seance on Halloween, how dangerous would it be, do you think? No, I don't, I, honestly, I don't think it would be. I've got a personal belief, don't mess with it purely because if you don't know whether or not you're a conduit or you've got some sensitivity you could be opening the door to some trouble for yourself so why play with fire but yeah. at the end of the day that serendipity thing really what are the actual chances you can walk down the street get hit by a bus but what are the actual percentages right right yeah, the other odds yeah i'm i'm because these are things i'm that you i don't know well how would you put it? they've they've passed into the collective consciousness and people assume because um, that this is going to be, you, you do this, you're going to, you know, get into trouble. But the actual odds are very low. And so if somebody wants, if people are going to go and do this, you know, as we were just talking about, be safe, you know, visual, mentally white light yourself. And I'll explain that in the, in the, uh, the description box for white lighting oneself. Keep the can white candles lit and say thank you once you're done and blow out the candles and you know go your merry way. You you might have an experience, you might not. But you know it's being it's doing it. Yeah, but if you get a scare, well that's what you're after. You got the shit scared out of you, and mission accomplished. Yeah, I'd probably be cautious about inviting just anybody. I'd have somebody in mind that you want to see or okay. speak with. Good point. So. Yeah, yeah, so, go ahead. Oh, look, I think everybody's given it a go at some point or another. I know oh, we yeah. we did as kids. We had seances in the house. 
it didn't work out quite so well, but we did it. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. I'm chuckling because I've heard the story, some of the, uh, the stories. It's just like, yeah, get way more than you bargained for there. Um, not the penultimate story, which I'm, I'm obviously tiptoeing around. And I'll just, because I'm obvious, I, I can hear it myself that I'm thinking, tiptoeing around. I'll just explain for the audience that this is something that is a personal experience of Linda's and I'm not going to go near it. She doesn't have to go near it because it was really bad and I will leave it at that. And that's why we're not going to talk about it. So, you know, elephants in the rooms and I hate to do that to the listener, but it was just, it's just, we've both her and I have had some crazy shit happen to us that was unexplainable. And sometimes you just don't want to talk about it because when you try to explain it, everybody just looks at you like you got an eye in the middle of your forehead. So... <laughs> I'm of an age now where they're likely to institutionalize me. Yeah, say, you know, <laughs> not far behind me myself. Uh, yeah, so that's, um, that's what I am dancing around. And, um, you know, if she ever wants to talk about it, we'll get on a podcast and talk about it. But, um, you know, at some point, maybe I'll journal, uh, do a blog, uh, do a podcast about some of the things I experienced as a kid, because it's a little... It, this is about doing the podcast is about just not exposing, but just showing that the crazy shit that goes on is right in front of your face. And if you don't recognize it as such, you're just going to dismiss it and walk away. But when you're somebody who's a sensitive, like me and Linda, it is your life. So, and it's, it, you can only ignore it for so long before it comes smacking you in the face and saying, Hey, guess what? This is your reality, kid. You can't do anything about it. So, that's, uh, so I think, let's see, I've pretty much exhausted the scary spoopy bits. Um, so let's see, the psychological stuff about Halloween. Um, and so the psyche and spirit. So I'm trying to, I'm just trying to find what's coming to my head because it's kind of messy brained right now. Um, so, okay, we talked about this beforehand too, and we'll get into the, um, this side of thing, the how the other side views Halloween. Now, I will say that um, Ken's sitting here going, yeah, the kids get dressed up for trick-or-treat and they go from house to house because I'm seeing the visual of kids in costumes on his, on his own street in Chicago going, you know, doing trick-or-treating. Um, so kids still do it because it's something kids do. But the view of it... Um, is the other side contemptuous towards us or do they just look at us with uh, humans? Aren't they funny kind of thing? Or is it something that just permeates uh, the whole stain of life on both sides of the fence, you know? So I'll start out by saying, you know, we just heard what Ken said, which was, it's just a thing. And there's, you know, do we laugh at people getting the shit scared out of themselves for something stupid? Yeah, but we did it when we were alive too. That, that hasn't really changed. And is there a bigger overall feeling from the, the, as I say, quote unquote, the universe? I don't think it gives a shit about how we view the how we view this day. It's just something that's cultural. So that is what I see. It's just like so. Go ahead and do your own bad. You do your own thing. You know, be your bad selves on Halloween. Do stupid crap apart from harming. Don't harm other other things. But that's you know, Halloween is no excuse. You should never harm anything. That um, you know bigger than a bug maybe anyway um <laughs> you just shouldn't you just shouldn't go out looking for intentional harm that's basically it and um you know so i really don't get anything 
other than, you know, have fun. So you had a slightly different take. So go ahead with it. Um, in what way? I've lost. I've, I'm lost. What, what different I'm talking take? About Sorry. Did <laughs> <laughs> I just bore the shit out of you? <laughs> no. I was thinking about fairies and, and, and taking keys and shit. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Um, so I just said, you know, the perception from, of humans doing Halloween and, you know, the thinning of the veil stuff and dressing up to get, you know, to scare off the goblins and ghouls. Um, you know, it, it, there's a benevolence towards it in terms of just like, yeah, do whatever you feel like you want to do. It's fun. You yeah, have... look, I think both sides is just, it. yeah, honestly, I think, I think you nailed it. I think the other side, it's very much the same as what it was in life for people. The, you know, Australian ghosties are sitting there going wankers and the American ghosties are going, cool, dude, I got stuns of lollies when I did that too. But, you know, I just think that's par for the course. Yeah, it's, it's a lot like the, the experience of dying. It's cultural. What you yes. see at the end is cultural. It's, and I don't see that as any different when you're on the other side, I think maybe the tolerance is better. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. There's more, there's, there's more forgiveness and more and less um, shit takes and about this stuff. I mean, we're always well, they, <laughs> they're dead. What's the point of worrying about it? Exactly. <laughs> Just have fun. Who cares? There's no consequences anymore. Just do it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so the whole so there's it's like this whole aspect of scary supernatural evilness for one day of the year or you know it's it's just kind of it's just creation by people who because well humans as you know we we tend to focus more on the negative side of life than we do more the positives because it's harder to hold the high of a positive moment than it is to hold the low of a negative moment. So we like to scare the shit out of ourselves with these stories. We like to try to find ways to scare, pardon me, scare ourselves. And then we take it to depths that really never, were never intended for the day. You know? Well, no, when it was a pagan celebration, it was definitely not about terrorizing yourselves. It was literally about, you know, it was a celebration. It was a celebration of the opportunity of a new beginning so the little death of winter yes that was a bird okay just checking go ahead <laughs> um the butcher birds are out the back wanting a feed oh yeah, they're loud yeah um go ahead yeah so it was a celebration of, of the end of one season and, and the beginning of another um the whole concept of it was to you know bring in green boughs and things to well, actually, that was Yule, but further yeah. into the winter. But um, the Halloween was about the harvest and making sure that everything was fertilised and the bonfires and everything were used to fertilise the ground so that it was ready in the next season for tilling and, and planting. Um, none of it was about... Scary. Being scared or, yeah... It was definitely about asking um, ancestors and the spirits to help and aid them through the winter and they would keep away the evil spirits with jack-o'-lanterns and things like that, you know, as far back as, the, well, before the Middle Ages even. 
um, they would burn fire wheels. But again, these were all things that were done to aid the, the next year's harvest. Um, so that when they sowed the ground again, it was fertile and ready to go. And so, yeah, so we've, but we've, it's evolved over the years to be something spooky and scary. And one day we get our scare on. You can blame the Irish for most of that. Ah, we can blame the Irish for everything, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, the so, Irish actually, the, they used, the jack-o'-lantern used to be a carved turnip. And it was the Irish. Oh, okay. Changed it to a pumpkin. I see. Okay. They, yeah, they were also the ones who introduced fairies and witches and True. and the, yeah. So blame the Irish. Was there? Right. And you know who is half Irish, so you know. Anyway. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> ah, let's keep digging. Let's keep digging my hole. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh sometimes... Jesus! Did you really have to phrase it like that? Me or him? Both of you. Sorry. I was thinking of digging a dirt hole and, you know, that I was going, that would be, you know, I'm burying myself. But yeah, anyway, you went there. Yeah, I and did. you know, yeah, no. <laughs> okay, I can see a big edit coming up. Uh, who knows? I might leave it in. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, mo the, the audience is adult and then... I have said, you know, in other podcasts, um, adult topics. So, yeah, it, it, it's par for the course. But uh, yeah, the um, basically, what the whole the whole idea of this podcast is to take a look at what Halloween is in different cultures. Because I think in America we get too involved in our own. Um, uh, how do I? What's the word I am looking for? Um. Not arrogance. Idiosyncrasies. Yeah, that's a good idiosyncrasy is a good word because we get it's it's become it's such a part of our identity, just like it is. You know, th certain things are a part of any culture's identity. You know, America's cultures culture tends to be based around holidays and annual events. Um, and if you're not from an ethnic community, and even then, hmm, I'm exploring this thought. We, so we, we place our identity in everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. And even though you may be from, you know, <laughs> Brooklyn, New Jersey, and an Italian as it gets, you know. Um, and everybody becomes a patriot on the 4th of July. And everybody becomes, you know, um, like Labor Day, we think about the people in the past who gave us this day off and the Memorial Day. So we have our cultures built around certain days. And Halloween... Is it's, it, I mean, the whole month of October really is one gigantic Halloween festival. We just, we blow out on the 31st and then look towards the next six, seven weeks to Christmas. You know, we do have Thanksgiving, obviously, in between, but even Thanksgiving is getting subsumed by the commercialism that wants to push from Halloween to Christmas. And now we're getting Christmas stuff before Halloween. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are ingrained in our holidays and our thinking that yeah you know they have validity and i'm not saying that we shouldn't but let's take a let's step back and take a look at what it really is about from all sides you know and let's see that's like you know it's like if there's an english-speaking country in the world that doesn't do halloween what my god you know i didn't know about what you told about australia not doing halloween until you told me you know and that was years ago and i was surprised yeah. 
so yeah, no, it's becoming a bigger thing here i must say yeah. yeah, but we can blame we can blame rampant consumerism for that. True, right, true, but it, it's also and you know it's like it's a day for fun, is you know so it's like that's what I think of it as. But again, you know people use it as a reason to go do something scary and spooky, like go visit um, you know the old asylums and where people you know lived before they closed them down in the eighties, where you know people spent their lives. You know, with schizophrenia, with bipolarity, with all kinds of, you know, their, their minds broke, then they lived their lives in these awful places until they died. And they're still there for, you know, whatever reason. That's, um, maybe you and I can talk about that sometime because I know you have places like that on Australia as well. And uh, you were talking about going to one of them. But um, I think the, uh, the whole the overall thing is, is go ahead and do something scary. Scare yourself. Just play it safe and, you know, so, okay, actually, this is a good point. Do define how you would play it safe with opening and closing a Ouija, Ouija board session, a seance or anything where you, where you basically summon somebody, just, you know, walk, do a walkthrough of how you would start and middle and end it. Just so people have something, you know, they have, the, what they need to do it safely, like a pres like a prescription. Uh, okay. Essentially, white light the area, protect the room, protect the people, protect everything that you you've got there. Make sure that you know what you want to do before you start. Don't just go in in automatic writing mode. And make sure that the candles are, are new candles and you've got your nice white candles and when you've finished make sure that you you know put your candles out and sage and reprotect the room okay and when you're you know, invite and uninvite it's invite and uninvite okay yeah all right i mean they're simple they're simple things but they do they go a long way towards making if you wanted a scary experience, but come out of it on the other side intact, um, you know, these are just, they're small things you can, that you need to do. They don't take up any more time and it just helps you, you know, get what you're after without being stalked by something you don't want later on. Is that how you put it? Uh, yeah, just keeping safe, really. Oh, better safe than sorry, better an ounce of what is it? A, a, an ounce of uh, prevention. A, is... An ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure and all right. that fun stuff. Yeah. Okay. And I, I know I'm making you dig into an area that's probably automatically thought, think, automatic thinking for you. Yeah, I'm really struggling to stop and think about what I do and what I wouldn't do. Yeah, because I know for you, you just whip something. You, you just like, you know what you need to do. You don't even think about it. You're just like, okay, I need to do A, B, and C before I do something. And you don't, it doesn't even, it's not even conscious thought. Um, I've just had a quick flick on the internet too while we've been talking. There is heaps of information. So honestly, just do a quick quick read through. Okay. Oh, if I've missed something, I'd rather somebody read through and found something, you know. Mm -hmm. Information. Find as much information as you can. Sure. You just that there's so much god damn it, some Okay, so I don't know if stuff just got pushed off my chair or if building vibration caused it, but some stuff's falling to my right. 
So that's why I was distracted. It's like, okay, avalanche, what's going next? One of those moments. Yep. Uh, but um, so, yeah, there is a lot of foo-foo information too out there that, that makes you do jump through stupid hoops before you start. Oh, yeah, you don't need to jump through hoops. Just yeah, protection is probably the big one. White light your room, white light yourself, white light your guests. And white light is what, what define white lighting. Oh, it's really just shutting out what you don't want to come in. So essentially it's just uh, putting a protective barrier around yourself and you picture it as a white light because then it's just a visible screen to stop anything you don't want touching you or coming near you being able to do that. Um, Sorry. I picture it as a like a bubble. Um, you know, the little kids' wands with the dish detergent? And you okay. blow and it makes a bubble. I just picture a bubble and I make it really brilliant white and I make sure it surrounds all of me and all of my house and all of whatever I want protected. Okay. That's clear enough. So, yeah, so that's basically just don't overdo it. Just do enough and you'll be good. And while you were talking, my ear is uh, getting tickled. And mm -hmm. the do 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 went in on the background. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, and if you can afford a Ouija board and some booze, make sure you get sage. Do that at the end as well. There you go. Yes, always get the sage. Sage is um, sage white. Well, white. What about white salt? I, blah, blah, I couldn't get that out. Um, is white salt good to have around as a just in case? Yeah, always. Okay. Yeah. Of course it is, yeah, always. So, okay. Um, so basically in your spiritual uh, protection cupboard, you need white salt, fresh white candles, and you light the white candles from a regular lighter or? Yeah, I just use okay. a regular lighter. You can use a match if you want to be fancy, that's fine. And you um, Go ahead. And probably the other thing, well, you, you just light your white candles from clockwise, uh, anti-clockwise so that they're, lit in a so if there if you surround yourself with sequential candles, you way counterclockwise okay yeah just in a sequential way um probably the other thing you're talking about a, a kit i'd just have some laurel maybe and an apple um okay. yeah if you cut the apple in the center um it's protective and with a laurel, it creates a barrier. There's a lot of little things like that. But again, it's just, yeah, I just, I could go on for ages with that stuff. Yeah. And on you white, I was, this is what I was trying to remember. You light the sage from one of the candles after the candle's been lit. Yes. Correct? And then blow the candles out and clear the room with the mm -hmm. sage. Okay. And it's just, it's, this is just the most basic of protections, but it's effective. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because essentially, okay, you're inviting in the people that you're inviting in and when you're closing down you've okay we're done this is over now goodbye and you shut down everything that you need to shut down and just clear the room of any other energy that might be there and make sure that you haven't left it open for someone or something else okay so basically you've closed the door when you do when you do all this stuff and i'm just when you finished yeah yes when you're finished i'm just using colloquialisms about this because it gives people the better a visual of 
why this stuff is effective. You can tell somebody that, you know, use whites, you, you light your sage from a white candle, walk around the room, tell everybody bye, good night, have a good time, thanks for coming, the party's over, and you slam the door with the sage. But they don't understand the, the, the idea of something that just kind of stinks like ass when you walk around and it smokes. Oh, that's why you go and buy white sage incense and burn that afterwards. It smells much nicer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, does, it just seems kind of, to some people, it's like, why is this effective? Why am I doing this? And, you know, the, as I always say, the smoke carries your intent into areas of the room that you can't reach. But, you know, this is just, um, the dig, this is why I dig in, because people will like to sometimes, they'll either take you at face value and do it, or they'll just give you a blank stare and go, why do I need to do this? So that's kind of why I do this podcast is to un make it understandable. Just like, you know, you don't throw grease, you, 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 like you don't throw water on a grease fire. You throw flour. You, when you close down, when you, you open up your sessions and you close them for the same, you know, for the same reason. And you use the correct tools to open and close. You know, so it's like you throw flour on a grease fire and when you want to close out, you use sage. So that's basically what I'm after here. And I know I'm picking your brain and you're going, oh God, I have to think. Because <laughs> I know oh, you it's do. all good. I was actually thinking too, maybe just a wee disclaimer that, you know, this isn't about encouraging anybody to actually no. do this. It's about acknowledging that people are going to do it anyway. So right. if you're going to do it, do it safely. Exactly. And there's nothing that nobody, it's like, I'm stumbling over myself. It's more along the lines of, yeah, people are going to do it. So be safe about doing it and just acknowledge that we all do this stuff. And it may sound stupid, but this is how we learn. This is how we find out about other stuff is curiosity. And when you get that uh, lovely- Oh yeah, who learned not to go yeah. a second round on a beer bone? I did. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, you people who want that spine tingling chill can get it and not feel like not and not feel afterwards like they're being chased by something so that's basically what i don't know do you know what i think's better for a chill to be perfectly blunt sure um i've looked into some of the histories in a few of the towns in america mm -hmm. and you guys have some of the best spooky places and the best haunted houses oh. and there's a lot of companies over there that do a lot of night tours of those I'd yes. be looking for, to do something like that if you want to give yourself a real fright. This is true. There is nothing scarier than wandering a deserted jail in the middle of the night. And there's, there's the, uh, in the southeast, there are tuberculosis sanatoriums that... I've seen do, some photographs of those, beautiful yeah. photographs of those. And yeah, they look, yeah. Imagine going to those at night. Why do you think I haven't gone? There you go, see? <laughs> I know better, but yes. Um, yeah. So there we go. Basically the thing is we're not saying don't do this. Don't try this at home. Just do it and, and have your wits around you. Be sensible. And if nothing happens, well, it just wasn't the time for it to happen. Somebody didn't have their stuff set up right. Somebody wasn't a channel. You know, try again another day. Or somebody else wasn't pushing the pointer. That too. Right. Uh, <laughs> but it's you know have fun with it feel scared but don't think of the, the don't go to the thinking of that the world's going to come down around your ears because you did this because most likely not 
you know, you're not going to get attachments. I mean, yes, people do get attachments, but as Linda pointed out, there's something else that they've been doing usually to, to start the fire as it were, you know, these things don't come rushing in the door and, you know, say, hi, honey, I'm home and I'm here to scare the pants off you. There's usually, there's a development, uh, you know, between it. It's, it starts small and the more it's worked on and the more people feed it the living energy, their living energy, the more it grows. So it's okay. uh, Halloween, not, it's a one-off thing. It's not very likely to have something come following you home that you don't want. So, yeah. Nothing you know, at all like that puppy that your mum said you can't have. Exactly. <laughs> just, can you imagine that coming home with a, with a spiritual puppy? <laughs> well, Ken, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> you just got the dirtiest look. I don't care. I know. That's what makes it funnier. Deserved every bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, uh, Ken drives Linda nuts and vice versa. And I sit there and I just laugh my ass off because it's funny. So, yeah, it, Ken it, thinks he's funny. Well, sometimes he actually is, but you know, sometimes. Must be that American humor we Brits don't get. True. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to make him try harder. Anyway. So, all right, I can't think of anything else at this point. We've been going for about an hour. So anything you want to throw in there? Uh, no. No? Okay. No. Have we've, fun. Happy Halloween. We've beaten this one to death and run it through the ringer. Yep. I'll be doing my usual thing of going, piss off. I'm not an American. Go away. <laughs> and I'll be just releasing this before Halloween for people to listen to and um, have hopefully a different view or not of what to do on that day, or just to know, have fun. Who gives a shit about what other people think? And just do it. And don't worry too much about bringing something home. It most likely is not going to happen. And if it is, you let me know and we figure out how to get rid of it. <laughs> or I'll send you Linda's way so she can have something to do. Anyway. She's oh, goody. Yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just, just send people to your doorstep. I'm sure you'll love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell them the same thing I tell the kids at Halloween. Piss off. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. No. <laughs> Until next time. All right.